So hey everybody, this is Tom Sweeney. I am getting ready to uh, record another wonderful episode of Ask a Friend with my dear friend Kevin Curtin, who you heard uh, tuning and warming up a little bit there in the in the background. So he's been roped into this unknowingly and unprepared, and I kind of put him on the spot, which is always fun to do because he's so good at what he does anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, so anyway, again, ask a friend. I basically call up my friends or have them come over and visit, and I... Um, I harass them about what kind of music they like, and uh, Kevin is a special uh, interviewee simply because he doesn't just um, know about music and have a great knowledge of a lot of different things, but he also plays and sings incredibly well with a beautiful voice. Um, he's also an amazing magician, I might add, and a super genius when it comes to all kinds of different things. Yes, that's right. I did use the phrase super genius, and that's why he's giggling. So anyway, uh, we're going to do a little bit of interlude music, ask a friend. And remember, folks, if you send in your questions and they're family-friendly, I will put them in the show as well. And if you request a song, I will use it as the uh, interlude music between the intro and the actual interview. So thanks again for tuning in. I'm very, very pleased to have you here with us. I'm Tom Sweeney from Black Grass, and this is Ask a Friend. All right, here we go again. Another episode of Ask a Friend with Tom Sweeney from Black Grass. I have my guest with me, Mr. Kevin Curtin, who is in high demand. And he's got a lot of, lot of connections, a lot of things going on in his life, and a lot of famous people who know him. Uh, and I think if you remember from the last time that I had him on the show, uh, a lot of the stuff that he does uh, is well-known internationally, except that he's not quite so well-known himself. Uh, would you say that's pretty accurate? Yeah, it's it's like anyone who's the creative, uh, you know, songwriters are not generally as well-known as the performers. The, so like the, script writers, right? The script writers aren't. <laughs> there's the old joke about the Hollywood actress who was so naive she accidentally slept with the writer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've heard a different version of that joke, but yeah, I know what you mean. That's funny. Uh, so Kevin was available, and I haven't done a show in a couple days, and so I really appreciate you taking the time to do this with me. Uh, and it always kind of feels more relaxed. We're here uh, in the backyard just kind of uh, hanging out. So this one may be a little bit longer than 15 minutes. I hope everybody's okay with that. But I actually was uh, very excited to have Kevin again because when you sang last time, it was so beautiful. Oh, thank you. And I was hoping that you would do another song today. Is that okay? Is that okay? Okay. I'll do this song not so much for the song as for the story of the song. I love the story of the song. Um, uh, Carol King wrote it and was going to release it on an album, and James Taylor heard it and worked up his own part and sort of sheepishly came to her and said, you know, I, I kind of like to put this on my album, which is going to go before hers. Now, the one thing I don't know, <laughs> when you write a song, the only choice you really have is who records it first. Right. And so she allowed him to record it first, and it was the only number one hit that James Taylor ever had. Really? And, uh, <laughs> and the subject of the song just fits perfectly with that. Now, before you start, I, you got to know we're in L.A. County and we're outside on a beautiful sunny day. So if you hear helicopters or cars in the background, it's all special effects. It's all special. It's actually part of it's living in Los Angeles. CGI sound. <laughs> right, right. Now, the other interesting thing is we also happen to be in a backyard that is a farm. And so you may hear chickens or a dog or people walking in and out, too. It's all um, special effects. It's all it's all CGI. <laughs> right. 
Um, that's just part and parcel for recording where we are, and which is actually a beautiful backdrop for what you're about to play. So please take it away, Kevin. All right. When you're down in trouble, you need a helping hand. Nothing, oh, nothing is going right. Close your eyes and think of me Soon I will be there To brighten up Even your darkest night You just call out my name And you know wherever I am I'll come running To see you again Winter, spring, summer, fall All you gotta do is call And I'll be there, yes I will You've got a friend If the sky above you Should turn dark and full of clouds And that old wind should begin to blow Keep your head together and call my name out loud Soon I'll be knocking upon your door You just call out my name and you know wherever I am I'll come running to see you again Winter, spring, summer, fall All you gotta do is call And I'll be there, yes I will Hey, ain't it good to know You've got a friend When people can be so cold They'll hurt you you. They'll take your soul if you let them Oh baby, don't you let them You just call out my name And you know wherever I am I'll come running to see you again Winter, spring, summer, fall all you've got to do is call, and I'll be there, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got a friend, you've got a friend, ain't it good to know you've got a friend, ain't it good to know you've got a friend, oh baby, you've got a friend. crowd goes wild and the crowd goes wild beautiful i hope you don't mind me chiming in there a little no bit. it's <laughs> wonderful i appreciate it actually <laughs> i'm not sure of the parts at all but that was kind of cool i just couldn't help myself so um actually you know you brought up a really interesting point for for me that i i, I like talking about because they don't do it much now anymore um there's so much um i guess it would 
kind of be like described as a lack perspective. Musicians, especially the, especially the Laurel Canyon legends, you know, um, the Eagles and Carol King and um, Jackson uh, Brown, Jackson Brown and Ta uh, James Taylor and all those guys, they were all friends, you know. Even uh, CSNY, Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young. One of the things that we talk about, we just did a show down at Alvis Showroom in uh, San Pedro, which was sold out. It was amazing to have all of those people there, and so many people that we actually knew from years we played years ago there. So it's been a while since we've been there, but the interesting thing was how in the storytelling of each of their songs that they wrote, one of the things that they used to do is go around, uh, especially when they first got together, Crosby, Stills, Nash and & Young, and before Young even, they would go to all of their friends' house, Carol King, the Eagles, you know, all these famous people, they'd go to their house with acoustic guitars and sing their new songs to them and, and kind of practice in front of them and then they would say, hey, you know, we like that song or we like that song and then they would put those songs in the albums in fact that's how Guinevere and Helplessly Hoping got on the CSN, uh, CSN albums in the first place but and then you have stories of Neil Young writing some, a song for someone or Woodstock by CSNY was actually written by uh, who do you remember oh, I can't remember her name now it wasn't Carol oh, King. No, it, it was. was um, oh shoot! She was supposed to appear at Woodstock. Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell, and she, they, her management said, no, you can't go to Woodstock because you've got an appearance on this TV show. The, uh, uh, who was one of the big? Not Johnny Carson. The other. Oh, uh, Merv Griffin. No. Or, um, um, Mike Douglas. No, it, uh, I'll think of it, but it she was supposed to appear in New York and if she'd gone to Woodstock because the traffic was so bad there was no way to get her out in time to be able to make that interview too so she had to turn it down and of course CSNY loved the song Woodstock and they said listen we're gonna we're gonna play this at Woodstock is that alright with you and she's like yeah go ahead you know and so of course it becomes one of their biggest hits now you're just playing this saying James Taylor didn't even write that and it was his biggest hit ever yep. that was the community back then well, Sweet Judy Blue Eyes was written for Judy Collins. Yeah, because, um, yeah, yeah exactly. they'd broken up. <laughs> so, uh, it's interesting. I, I don't know how many of the singer-songwriter uh, biographies you've ever read, but it's almost invariably, you can't tell at what point they became successful. They're telling stories, they're telling stories, they're telling stories, and then at one point you realize, wait a minute, now they've got a bunch of money. But they never, you would think that this would be the defining moment of their lives when they when they finally have really hit it and almost never is that come across from an autobiography on that that's so. so true you know every story i've ever heard from anybody i've met here in la that's successful as far as entertainment goes this the story is consistently the same i'm still doing the same things it's just now i have money in the bank you know, I still do all, I go and eat with my friends and I go and do this and then I go work on a project and I work on this, and, but now I can pay my bills. You know? <laughs> John Lennon used to say he got rich and found out he still had to get up and brush his teeth. And, you know, it's, yeah, right. <laughs> it just doesn't make that big a difference. But you don't. Although I wouldn't mind giving it a shot. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> the idea so if someone rich. said, here's a lot of money to go play, you wouldn't turn it down, no, right? No. Okay. So, so I think it's, unless I just don't know about the community or where they are, you don't hear a lot about successful artists just saying to another artist who they're friends with, here, take this song. I was going to record it, but you know what? Go ahead and you do it first and then I'll put out mine later. Yeah. They just don't exactly. do that. Everybody's so protective. Well, there was a, a famous case 
to me anyway, some years ago when a punk group wanted to do one of Paul Simon's songs, and he really didn't want them to do it. Really? And basically the court said, you can choose. You don't get. You can choose whether to give them a break on the royalties, right? but you don't get any choice at all as to whether someone records it. The only choice the artist has is who records it first. Okay, yeah. Who records it first and then the royalties amounts? Right. So did he make it difficult for them to... Well, there's a, a cap there. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Basically, the royalty amounts are in in the law, but the writer can give a break. Oh, and so I'm sure he didn't. Exactly. <laughs> Paul Simon. So I, I don't know the song. What, what song was I that? I don't even know the song. I'd heard that as the story, but I, I don't know which song it was. Oh, but. dang. That yeah, would have been sorry. interesting. Oh, if we think of it, one next time we do another one of these, we'll, we'll put it in there. Fair enough. So that's cool. Is there another song you want to play while we're at it? Um, not really, but I could. Whatever you want. Just tickles me plumb to death. Um. Ooh, detuning. Nice. This is live music, by the way, guys. I completely caught him off guard. I handed him a guitar and said, here, go. Leaping and hopping on a moon shadow, moon shadow, moon shadow. And if I ever lose my hands, lose my plow and lose my hand. And if I ever lose my hands, believe I won't have to work no more. And if I ever lose my eyes, all my colors all run dry. And if I ever lose my eyes, believe I won't have to cry no more. And I've been followed by a moon shadow, moon shadow, moon shadow. Leaping and hopping on a moon shadow, moon shadow, moon shadow. And if I ever lose my legs, I won't moan and I won't beg. And if I ever lose my legs, if I won't have to walk no more. And if I ever lose my mouth, all my teeth, north and south. And if I ever lose my mouth, to talk Did it take long to find me? I asked the faithful eye Did it take long to find me? And are you gonna stay the night? I'm being followed by a moon shadow Wow, great choice. Thank you. He's written a lot of good stuff. 
I didn't realize that was such a tricky song to play. <laughs> I'm not sure it is. I'm watching Maybe I'm do doing it, thinking, it wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching thinking, wow, that would take me a while to get that. <laughs> I could do it. It'd just take me a little while. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt in my mind. If you haven't That's heard cool. Tom play, he's an amazing guitarist. Yeah, and I'll send you my, the check uh, tomorrow. I'll send that off to you. Thank I'll you very much. Send all the CDs. It's, it's, uh... Right, right. Well, very cool. So, have you heard any newer music lately that you liked? You know, since, I, last since last time, I've actually thought about it, and, and we hadn't mentioned classical music. Well, that's true. And, uh, you know, I really enjoy Beethoven. I really enjoy, enjoy Mozart. But I love Bach. I could sit and oh, listen to Bach, yeah. especially Segovia on the classical guitar playing Bach. Oh. As I, had the, the, uh, I saw him a couple of times in concert, Segovia, and... I can't tell you why he is so unbelievably good, but I listen to someone like Christopher Parkening, who's a phenomenal technical guitarist. When when Segovia does it, it's it's as if the the guitar is talking to you. There's an emotional attachment. I I can't figure out how he does. It's oh, just, so you're just, saying there's a difference between Andre Segovia and the other fellow? Christopher Parkening. So he's more technical. So it's not as passionate, maybe. Uh, I, they're the same notes, you know. They just when, sound different. Yeah, uh, Segovia manages to impart an incredible amount of uh, emotion into his music. Mm -hmm. I love classical guitar. Uh, did I tell you the story of the flamenco guitar with? Uh, um... <laughs> I get it. This is get. I'm getting the feeling this is going to be a good story. <laughs> no, you never told me the flamenco guitar uh, story. I was dating a young lady who wanted to go see Carlos Montoya at mm -hmm. UCR. Carlos Montoya is one of the most famous flamenco guitarists, and I didn't want to go. And this is an example of, of my stupidity and prejudice and <laughs> small-mindedness. But she was cute. The girl, I mean, not Carlos. The things we do for love. <laughs> exactly. That's the running joke. The guys yeah. will do things they hate to do if the girl is cute enough. And it was just an amazing concert. I am so thrilled that I had that option to go see. He's just unbelievable. Just you know, speaking of wonderful opportunities, you were kind enough to take me and my wife to uh, the, the castle, the Magic Castle. Magic Castle. For the first time ever in our lives, and we had no idea what you were offering or how exclusive it is to be offered to go to the Magic Castle until after we went. And so, first off, I want to say thank you for that wonderful experience. In fact, you're in town, you're going there again tonight, That's right? That's correct, yes. So anybody who's listening, if you ever get invited to go to the Magic Castle, consider it a real privilege because it's, what are the requirements? You can't just go. No, it's a private club. You have to be a member or know a member to get in. And that was not the original intent. Oh, really? No, it was, it was built, the house was built in 1907 for the Lane family. But the Magic Castle came about in January 2nd, 1963. Um, a couple of brothers decided to build a, a clubhouse for magicians. And the only liquor license that was available was as a private club. Oh. So one of the guys said, let's turn it into the most famous private club in the world. And so they did. Yeah. But yeah, one has to audition for membership or you can pay more money and become an associate member. Although last I heard, there was a couple of year waiting list for that. Wow, um, really? Yeah. Now, now it's located here in Hollywood, right? Yeah, over on uh, Franklin, uh, Franklin and Orange. Franklin and Orange in Hollywood. About this, a block north of Grumman's Chinese this Theater. This internationally famous private club for magicians and magic that you have to audition into or pay 
you have to wait two years and pay to get in and we're being invited by you and we're like oh okay I guess it's, I don't know and you're like no you're going and it's like okay we're going but we like Kevin let's not make him angry so we go and then we find out later how amazing it is and so it's just if you get a chance make sure you check it out it's incredible the Magic Castle and it's also an important part of your life because you are so amazing well, at magic and you've invented a lot of magic tricks right yeah yeah, and working on it uh, even now. Um, yeah, I've got things. <laughs> Anytime you're dealing with intellectual property, <laughs> you can't talk about it. Well, you know? <laughs> the, the issue also becomes, and especially in magic, not so much in music, but in magic, there's an awful lot of thievery. Oh, you, really? You come up with an effect, and then two months later, someone out of China is producing it, and. Oh, come on. You mean the magic industry is worse than the music industry? Yes. Really? Yes. Music industry, almost everything is at least tentatively covered by intellectual property laws. But if I come up with a new effect, unless there's a brand new patentable process, there's nothing that's legally protected. You uh -huh. have to count on the, on the goodwill and... Uh, honesty of everyone else which apparently is pretty slim pickings when it comes to magic i am convinced that 95 percent of people are, are really good folks it's just that uh the five percent who aren't <laughs> they do a lot of damage they do a lot of damage well that's a really uh it's an eye eye-opening uh piece of knowledge for me because i've just been programmed for so many years of my life that the music industry is just absolutely the worst <laughs> You know, compared to even the adult industry, at least in the adult industry, most people get paid. Yeah. You know, the musicians, you show up and play shows and they don't pay you. Yeah, we had a bad night. We're not going to pay you tonight. There was a reason <clears throat> Chuck Berry only accepted cash. Yeah, wouldn't yeah. Wouldn't even accept a cashier's check. He wouldn't even get on stage. <laughs> nope, not until he had cash in hand. Yeah, and it's like a suitcase full of cash. And then he say, all right, you get on stage. And he didn't um, hire musicians. The, the venue had to supply right. the musicians, right? And he would just yell to them what chords and stuff, right? Something like that. 12 bar blues and E. Here we go. Yeah, can you imagine that? No pressure, of course. That's hardly Chuck Berry, but... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's Marley. Oh, Marley. Hi, Marley. Marley has joined the show. It's well, actually a special effects CGI. Yeah, there's right. There's no Marley. There's not really a Marley. It's Tom doing Marley's voice. Yep, that was me. <laughs> so, all right, so one more... Um, song request okay if that's okay and do you then have we'll one in mind or no no you got to think of something that you want to put All out right. there um one that uh people don't generally associate you know i i think about a lot of the quote unquote rock groups and almost all of them when you listen to their repertoire uh popular rock groups the beatles or or uh, billy joel elton john people who are real superstars at least in my age most of their songs aren't real raucous and, and often and so people don't normally think of me associated with Elton John but uh, when I do uh, it's a little bit funny this feeling inside I'm not one of those who can easily hide I don't have much money but boy if I did I'd buy a big house where we both could live 
if I were a sculptor But then again, no man Who makes potions in a, a traveling show I, I know it's not much, but it's the best I can do My gift is my song, and this one's for you And you can tell everybody this is your song. It may be quite simple, but now that it's done, I hope you don't mind, I hope you don't mind that I put down in words how wonderful life is by your Sat on the rooftop Kicked off the moss Well, a few of the verses Well, they got me quite cross Well, the sun was quite kind While I wrote down this song It's for people like you that Keep it turned on so excuse me for getting But these things I do, you see I've forgotten if they're green Or they're blue Well, anyways The thing is What I really mean Yours are the sweetest eyes I've ever seen And you can tell everybody This is your song It may be quite simple But now that it's done I hope you don't mind I hope you don't mind That I put down in words How wonderful life is By your end I hope you don't mind, I hope you don't mind that I put down in words how wonderful life is when you're in the Thank you for having me, Tom. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's so apropos, that song, too, because that's exactly how we all feel about you, Kevin. Oh. <laughs> oh, shucks. Oh, shucks. Oh, shucks. <laughs> all right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Another episode of Ask a Friend. Uh, thank you to Kevin Curtin for um, being here and performing those beautiful songs and making these great uh, suggestions for music for everybody to check out. And we're going to do this again very soon, so we'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks. Thanks.
Okay, thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode of Ask a Friend. I'm very grateful that uh, Kevin Curtin made it out and played those beautiful songs. And then, of course, added uh, some really wonderful selections at the end for everybody to listen to. Make sure that you're listening through Anchor so that you can actually hear the Spotify tunes uh, that we, we connect to the show. And also, if you're on Anchor, you can send voicemails or voice messages that I can actually add to shows. But especially if you make a song request that is on Spotify, I can add it to the interlude between the intro and the actual body of the interview. So I really look forward to hearing from you, what your comments are, your song suggestions. And uh, I look forward to doing another show with another wonderful friend. And of course, I'm always going to have Kevin back on the show as often as physically possible. So thanks again for tuning in. I'm Tom Sweeney uh, from Black Grass. We'll see you guys next time.